Hey guys and welcome back to the channel. Really excited to have Cam with me today. We're going to be talking all things US Open and answering your questions as well. Cam, how are you doing, man? Yeah, not bad yourself. Yeah, all good, all good. It's a little bit early here, so I'm trying to wake myself up as uh, you and your fan base tend to try always do as well, apparently. But yeah. yeah, I'm good, I'm good. How was your couple of days off as well? Uh, I know you said that with the Simona Halep thing, you were like quickly back into action, but enjoyed a yep. couple of days at least non-tennis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just kind of wrapping your head around what happened and, you know, Djokovic winning again. With sort of, we're, we're used to it by now. And then golf winning. I'm still – golf winning is still sort of surreal because it's sort of like it's supposed to happen and it did happen. You're like, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, yeah, it's kind of a little bit strange and new number ones and there's a lot of changes in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Coco golf winning, I mean, I called it, so I feel really happy yeah. about that, but – to be honest, I was thinking it was a bit of a left field pick in honesty because a lot of people have been saying that she's going to win Grand Slams for, well, really for a couple of years now. I know some mm -hmm. people even last year at Wimbledon were saying she was going to win it and this year at Wimbledon and other tournaments. But yeah, it's yeah. good to see her really piece it all together. And against Sabalenka, who's, it's not like she won a slam against someone who isn't a top, top player as well. Like she had a pretty hard route yeah. to the final and then the person she played in the final is the, is the world number one. So I thought mm -hmm. that was really impressive as well. Whereas, you know, on the men's side, we've had some people win slams and it's not their fault, but uh, people who have ended up playing people in the final that aren't, say, one of the big three, for example, and they've yep. come through it. But uh, Coco Goff, like, I think it really does uh, bode well for her going forward as well. But uh, yeah. Well, what were you most impressed about, by the way, in terms of her game? Like, because you watched obviously a lot of her matches, I'm assuming, but mm -hmm. these, what kind of big differences did you see in the game? Um, I mean, it's just, I think it's mentality. She's always had the shots and we've seen it over the time be like, you know, she's, she's had great service days. She's had terrible serving days. She's had great rallies and great ground strokes. And then she's had terrible days where she misses every forehand or whatever. But so I think it's just confidence really. I think having a total change in coaches and having coaches that have been there, done that in you know Brad Gilbert, especially, I think that's like just knowing that, okay, well, they're telling me this then I must be pretty good. So I think that's, I mean, it, it's crazy to think that like Wimbledon, she loses first round. The first tournament with Brad Gilbert, she wins. And then she has, she's lost one match with him. And you go, well, that's the answer. Like that's, it's so, it's so obvious, but it's just impressive that it usually it takes way longer for that kind of stuff to happen, but it's just been instant. Yeah, no, I agree. And the is, he's done it with a few players as well. I think he did it with with Agassi and... Mm -hmm. oh, was it Roddick? Roddick, yeah. Agassi and Roddick, he he started coaching them earlier in the year. And then that year, they won the US Open. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's weird that he seems to be able to have an immediate impact. And we've actually had him on the channel as well, Brad Gilbert, because uh, oh, nice. one of our podcasts, because... In the past, anyway, I don't know if I'll be able to get him now because he's probably really in demand. But <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he he basically came on, and uh, Brad, who was doing one of the podcasts on our channel, he he's actually really close to him. So um, oh, cool. I'll see whether I can maybe get him on again. But yeah, yeah. He, he's clearly very knowledgeable and knows his stuff as well. And yeah, I think with Coco, it was more. It's interesting. I don't think there were many technical changes. Uh, I could be mm. wrong, but. Maybe someone with a more well-trained eye than mine can say that, yeah, you know, there was a little bit of a tweak here on the forehand or whatever else. But 
Her forehand, obviously, I think she was just more confident on it as well. Um, yeah. She was trusting it more. I felt like in the past it would break down a lot. And in this tournament, it didn't break down as much. And I think uh, she was actually able to kind of stick with players from the back of the court because one of the biggest parts of her game is shot tolerance, uh, yep. especially because the backhand is so good and, it can, and tends to not make many mistakes on it. But the forehand would kind of let her down when she was trying to break down opponents. But uh, this tournament, I thought she was really good. So... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was impressive as well. Um, and then a quick word on on Djokovic before we get to start getting some of the questions. I mean, how <laughs> 20, 24 slams now, and yeah, uh, I I do think that someone said that they think that the the jackets that they were wearing <laughs> were for Wimbledon because they're all white. <laughs> and and like, maybe green. maybe they made them, and then they're like, oh, you know what, they're going to go to waste, <laughs> so you may as well just uh, <laughs> wear them just in case. But yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so good. Like, I was just looking at it thinking that they're quite nice, to be honest. They're much nicer than the 23 jackets, I thought. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. surely he's... I know people in the chat who are non Djokovic fans will hate it. But, I mean, it's very... It's becoming harder and harder to kind of say that he's not the GOAT, right? I mean, he's two slam difference now. He's he's basically, statistically, pretty much every single category, he tops it now. I mean, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, once he hit twenty three, I think that was enough. Twenty four is a bonus, and yeah, I mean, he's just. We went through this. Uh, I think after the final, my stream is we went kind of like just went through every record that he still hasn't got, and it's like you know he's, he's still got to get. But again, it's like it's nothing to do with like he needs to get these to tick boxes to become the goat. It's like gold medal, you know, that'd be great, and then. The most titles, it's just sort of like how many records can he get? Because he's not really playing, like yeah, he's playing Alcaraz and these other guys, but he's not really competing against those guys for history. And the guys that he is competing with for history are not rounds. So it's just sort of like watching him just cross off all those, you know, most semifinals, most major finals, most everything. You know, just kind of getting through all those most, the, like the top of all those lists. The only one that he's not going to do is the clay stuff because Nadal is so good. But then, like every other record, he's that it ha he hasn't got yet. It's just a matter of time because Federer has got most of them because he's played forever. So it's just kind of like that's what watching him now. It's kind of like okay, when you've got twenty four, that's you know people want to compare him to Margaret Court's record, and you go, well, that doesn't really matter. Like in terms of, like men's game, like people get angry, and I've seen this because we post things on on social media about it. Like when we come, as soon as we went, oh, well, you know, Serena had this many and Margaret Cods this many, all the comments are always just like, Margaret Cods doesn't count. It's not the same as Djokovic. It doesn't, it's not fair. Yeah. I, had someone, 24, I, I, I actually like had someone unsubscribe because they were like, Margaret Court doesn't matter. One of the, like, I did a, <laughs> uh, a video like on Djokovic, like just to uh, review like the final and like his performance. And then I must have mentioned it in like for two seconds by the Margaret Court <laughs> thing. And he's like, Margaret Court's not even number two. Like, does it matter? And I was, I was just saying it was a fact. Like, his grand slams. He's like unsubscribed. I was like, okay. <laughs> I yeah. was like, okay, sorry. I didn't realize it was that big a deal. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. But so yeah, I mean, it would. I mean, it would have been crazy. Like, it's kind of annoying. I don't know. Alcaraz fans are gonna hate me for this, but it's annoying that he that Wimbledon went to Alcaraz because we would have witnessed. Like I mean, Medvedev would have been a different story in the final. Maybe Djokovic would have been more nervous, but he he's already played for the four slams against Medvedev and he lost. 
So you would, would have thought he would have been better had he come into there with Wimbledon as well. So we kind of were a little bit robbed. And I think I read somewhere, maybe it was on Twitter or something, and that, like, that we were probably one set away. Djokovic was like set point away in the second set from completing the calendar slam. And if you look back and you give him the US Open, even with the pressure, you go, well, yeah, we're, we're that close to witnessing that. And even like I think people that don't, maybe they don't like Djokovic or maybe they don't really – and maybe they don't. He's not their favorite out of the three. Um, it's just fun to watch all this now because it's like no one's ever got to twenty-five, so that's going to be insane. To like that we get to witness that. I've said it a few times on the stream as well that like you might not like him, but it's like we're gonna we're not gonna see this again. So like at least get on board with the with what he's doing rather than man. Maybe you don't like his personality, but get on board with his what he's trying to do because it's not going to happen in like 10 years time. We're going to go who, like, people are going to ask, man, I wish I watched Djokovic and you're going to go, well, I did watch him. So you've got to appreciate what he's doing. Even if you don't like him you know, personally as, you know, whatever his personality or whatever is, whatever you don't like about him. Um, you got to just get on board with the, with what he's doing and the records. Cause we're never going to see it again. Yeah. Okay. He's not going to do it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I doubt. I don't think we're going to see in our lifetime. To us, I know, I, I, I can see Alcaraz winning, you know, double digit slams and stuff. But I just oh yeah, yeah, can't that will happen. See that him happen, yeah. going near that, and I, he, maybe it will happen. But I just think you need so many things to go your way. Like you need injuries. Uh, I feel like Djokovic has been relatively injury free throughout his whole career. You need someone else to push you as well. Yeah, uh, I don't know whether Alcaraz is going to have that. Um, yeah. Like at least one person, if not two, obviously with the with the big three, and then uh, like the that increases your level. And I'm not quite sure that Alcaraz has that, but he's got a great base on. So it'll be interesting to see his career because um, I think maybe Djokovic at the start of his career is a good thing because it just means that he knows he has has something to really push on with in terms mm -hmm. of uh, an example. But yeah, I, I, it's just been been interesting very quickly before yeah. we get to the questions i have a question for you what did you think of i don't think i heard your your thoughts on this what did you think of the djokovic ben shelton celebration saga what was your what was your thoughts on that i loved it i it was <laughs> i loved it i loved every bit of it i love the fact that djokovic threw it back in his face i love the fact that shelton was not afraid of djokovic i know there's like and this happens i don't know like it's it's there's a few words in tennis that always get just used and it's sort of just like annoying at this point. Overrated gets used for everybody who loses first round that, you know, is in the top 10. It's, oh, they're overrated. You know, Casper Rude's overrated. Coco Goff was overrated three months ago. You know, like that gets thrown around. And disrespectful. Everyone is disrespected by everyone else's actions. And I think it just gets, everyone gets a little bit too much. Like, was it disrespectful? Well, they both did it, so it cancels out. It's like just it's fair. It's just sport. That's what happens. Yeah. Compared to I mean, compared to other sports, like the trash talking that happens in tennis is very mild. Um, very it's very friendly. So I loved it. I loved the celebration. I love I love that Shelton was not afraid. And also the press conference the day before <laughs> was interesting to hear Shelton's like it was almost like the, the journalists were all trying to be like, you know, give Djokovic a compliment, and he's just like now I'm just going to go play him. You know, I've watched I watched him play at Wimbledon four years ago, but I never really watched him growing up. And I think that's what he started. Yeah, like that's when it kind of people were going, "Hey, what you meant not meant to say that? You meant to say that you idolized him growing up." <laughs> that's not the way you meant to speak. And then he came out and shouting in his face and shouting every error that Djokovic had. He was also starting to grunt, 
which I don't think he was doing against Tiafo. Okay. He was grunting after every shot, and I was like, "That's a bit different." And then Djokovic was like, "Well, if you're going to give it, if you're going to give it, I'm going to throw this in your face." And I'm like, "Well, that's great to see him go back." Frosty <laughs> handshake, no words of encouragement. It was yeah. perfect. And then at the end, to cap it off, I love that Shelton was like, "Hey, you know, it's fair. That's that's what happens." Like there was no like, "Oh, I can't believe he did that." Yeah, and Djokovic yeah. wasn't like. It was mainly, I guess, just the maybe the fan bases were kind of like the ones who were yeah getting upset, but the, the players were like, "That's that's yeah. sport." Like you know, Djokovic wasn't complaining about anyone. Yeah. And it was oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's funny because there's an icy handshake, but he said actually he didn't see it at the time. So then when they yeah. asked him about it, he was like, "Oh yeah." And then he said, "You know, I only saw it after." But he was saying what he was saying: imitation is the highest form of flattery. So, <laughs> so, it's, yeah, so I think. I would imagine that it did bother him a bit, but he didn't want to let Djokovic know it. And he was also, like, fair enough saying, look, he he won. Uh, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I thought it was just a little bit cheeky, to be honest with you. But Djokovic tends to be a bit edgy anyway. So yeah. he, he he can do stuff like that. Like, he'll shush the crowd and, and bits like that. So <laughs> I wasn't that surprised, to be honest with you. Uh, and you can tell when he's playing. It's funny because... Like, you know, he'll play and he just seems really edgy. And then after, he just seems like the nicest guy in the interview. Like, he was like, oh, you know, I just really like his celebration. So I did. I was like, no, you didn't. I was like, that's yeah. not why you did it. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I love but, I yeah. love this version of Djokovic we're getting. Because I think this is the guy that I think a lot of people, like, we, we you know, he does the, you know, the, does the celebration and everyone. Yeah. Some people love it and some people think it's a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, I love this Djokovic. I love the one where he's crying to the crowd. You know, at, at Wimbledon, he's going, oh, yeah. boo-hoo, you know, to you. And now he's doing uh-huh. the celebration. Like, he's just, I've got the records. I don't yeah. need to be, you know, I don't need, I don't need any friends, you know. Like, he's, he's yeah, kind of, as right. soon as he got to 23, he's like, I can do whatever I want. And he can because he's the greatest of all time. So, yeah, I think he basically <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't care, does he now? He's like, look, I'm just going to be like me. Uh, and it's interesting, <laughs> he's not he's not doing that one, the energy one anymore, is he? It's I haven't like, seen him do that for ages. Yeah, you're right. You're really, you're really right. Actually, I, I'm not, I think he started doing that because he probably thought, oh, like, it's a way to get the crowd on my side and, like, come on, let me give him personal positive energy. And now he's just like, you know what? You guys don't appreciate me. Then basically, like, you know, forget you. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, like, I- I'm, all, I'm all for it, to be honest with you, because I just think, like, why not just be yourself? I'm not saying that he should be, you know, like, he should be really bad with the crowd or anything. But at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, the crowd, a lot of the crowds haven't really appreciated him. So why should he... Yeah really stick out his neck when he's the best player now to to play the sport uh so yeah now all for all for it right should we get some yeah. of the questions yeah go for it yeah let's go let's go guys keep keep getting your questions in as well we'll get through as many as we can and uh dutch says were you really surprised felix lost where he was in the draw cap <laughs> that's your canadian question i'm <laughs> not surprised about anything that felix i don't know what's going like i know he's got injured a bit, a bit, but man, Felix is, yeah, it, it's it's hard to watch, and he's going to have so many points to defend in the next yeah. two months that he might end up in what, like thirty in the world or something outside. Yeah, if he doesn't do more well, so yeah, I, I'm not surprised that he lost. Even I don't doesn't matter where he was in the draw. I mean, he, his first round was always going to be tough for him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it matters who's even going to play. To be honest, like I know Mackenzie McDonald is an is an American as well, and he mm. can be a little bit tricky. So, yeah. well, he lost in four sets. McDonald took the first set tiebreaker as well. So, I mean, Felix, it's weird because I was watching him in one of his matches, and 
yeah, okay, he's not playing well. But I was actually thinking, he's not playing that badly, like, when you actually watch him. Yeah. Like, I was just watching him thinking, and, like, he was making some mistakes, but it wasn't like, you know, it looked like he could, he could barely hit the board or was pushing it loads. It just, because he, he's struggling to time the ball, it's just, clearly it's decision-making and, like, tactics are not, not to scratch. And I think it's more in the big bigger moments he's not being able to get through it because he doesn't have the confidence and he's lacking, like, conviction at the moment. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird one. And I don't know whether he needs to. I don't know if Tony Nadal's still working with him as well. Uh, but that only worked for a little bit and I feel like it's not working anymore. So he he needs to do something to get himself out of this rut because I feel like 2023 is a write-off. Um, yeah. But... 2024 if he carries on he's going to be like nose diving into the rankings even more so uh, because yeah. I think it's almost a given he's going to be like outside the top 20 I'd imagine by the end of the year but I could mm. be could be wrong yeah 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 um oh interesting if the ladies had five had gone five sets do you think Coco would have won the US Open I'll let you go first on that one Cam. <laughs> um Probably. Uh, she had the momentum. I mean, she was getting better after that first set. Probably would have been four sets Coco. Um, had it gone to a tie break in the third, then may, or if it was like a 7-5, then you would have thought, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it would have gone five. But uh, I think Coco would have won it. I mean, yeah, she probably still would have won. Sabalenka looked terrible. from Even in the first set, she didn't look that very, didn't look very good until, I guess, yeah, well, she never really looked great, Sabalenka. Even though she won the first set, Goff just played worse. So Goff was getting better, and it was probably, I mean, Sabalenka wasn't getting any better as the match went on. So, yeah, she would have won in, if it was five sets, she would have won in four, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sabal- I think in the final, definitely. Um, mm. I, if Dutchie's saying five sets for the whole tournament, oh, then okay, that yeah. might be different. But for, in the final, yeah, definitely, yeah. because Sabalenka. I feel like best of three is really suited to the power players, but yeah, with the more consistent players, the players that are able to last long and have endurance, Coco Golf would have definitely outlasted. I think um, yeah. that's where you start talking about like if it's five sets for a whole slam, but that's where you start talking about like Maria Sakkari yeah. and stuff because she's so fit, and you just think how would initially when when they transition to five sets, how like how good or how, how well, I guess in terms of endurance wise, how good would the women be? Initially, if they went to four or five sets, how, how their bodies hold up? Whereas I feel like someone like Sakuri is so extremely fit that she's always like in the question when they talk about this hypothetical. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I feel like she'd be the first to go to. She <laughs> physically she'd be able to go five hours, but I reckon yeah. like she'd be the first one to go up two sets to love and lose like that. <laughs> if we, ever, <laughs> we ever went five sets for the ladies all tournament. Yeah. It'd be the first person to ever lose from love a two love up would be would be because yeah. mentally she'd probably just. She'd be physically fine, but I think mentally she'd probably uh, fall apart. But yeah, it's a hard one that one because we've never seen it, so we don't know who. Like, is Sabalenka good in in a five set match? I don't know. Like, yeah. is it mental? Is it physical? Is it both? Will Shviontek win everything because she's kind of got both? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, she's the most consistent player, right? I mean, Sabalenka's yeah. consistent in slams, but Shviontek's the most consistent overall, I would guess. Would she had would she have beaten Ostapenko in five yeah, in that probably. round and then played Coco and then gone I like yeah, I mean God, I hope we get to see it one day, but <laughs> like she just do an exhibition with uh, best yeah. of five, to be honest. If, if whoever wants to do it, see how it see um how it is. But yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because 
on the women's side, there's obviously some people saying that, oh, you know, they should try best of five. And then there's some people that I've seen on the men saying it should be best of three. And it's like, maybe just then just keep it how it is because, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. I wonder whether we will ever see it. Uh, do, 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 Katia, this is so cool to find you two having an old chat. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, well, Min says three of the four slam finals were extremely mediocre, and the only high quality slam final this year was the one he lost, talking about Djokovic. But I think they were yeah. so mediocre because he was so good in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, right? Yeah. It's funny, I was talking to the rest of my team we had when we had a live a couple of days ago, and people were saying, you know, Djokovic, you know, the finals this year were really boring apart from Wimbledon. And I was like, yeah, but it's not his fault. Like, he played really well. Like, they just, they weren't competitive. They were yeah. good in the sense that if you're someone who appreciates how good he is, you would have watched it and saw tactically how astute he was and how well he approached it and how well he kind of broke down his opponent. Uh, but it's just got to the stage where most people on tour, he has really, really positive head-to-heads against. Like, there's not many yeah. players now on tour who he'll go up against and one, he'll feel like, mm-hmm. oh, this might be a struggle and two, the opponent feels like they've actually got a chance. Like, yeah. Kasper going into that final, he didn't think he had a chance. I know he, you could tell that, like, he was going for it and I think he took a set, didn't he, as well, I think. But did he really have that belief? Like, did he really think he was good enough? I'm not quite sure. Sitsipas as well. Sitsipas is always like, Djokovic is so amazing, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. he's lost the last few matches to him. He got close in a best of three last year at the end. And one of the matches, I think it was indoors, maybe. And then yeah, he lost. Yeah, Paris, exactly. And then he lost, though, Tim, a lot more convincingly after that. One, yeah. one or two matches. And it's like, going into that final, he's like, well, I was two sets to love up against him at Roland Garros, which arguably is my best surface and arguably his worst surface. And he still beat me. At the Australian Open, in his, on his best surface and best tournament, am I going to be able to beat him? And mentally, he's probably thinking, oh, yes. yeah, I can do it. But... In the back of his head, he's like, no, this is going to be really tough. Um, And then Medi, I think, is a bit different because I think Medi does believe that he can win, but the second set was just really crucial, I think. Uh, He just really struggled with it. Backhand down the line, ties it up at 1-1, and then yeah, Djokovic physically looked terrible in that second set too. So third set, 50-50, one set all. like That that could have been the Wimbledon-style match. But it's funny because, like, yeah, the – I mean, the Australian Open final was well. Like you can probably name if you think of every single Djokovic match that's happened this year, he's only played like what th- two, five setters, maybe. So yeah. like, even if you want to extend it to like Djokovic matches in general, like Elgris plays a five setter, Jera plays a five setter, which was again one of those weird ones where it's like two sets are surprising, and then the next three are just the same. Uh, with Djokovic winning, I don't think the French Open he played a five setter. No, I know he played a couple of close four sets, a long three sets as well. But and then the Australian Open, I think he might have played one four setter. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, just Djokovic is the reason why those are mediocre because uh, he he beats everybody. But like yeah. mentally, he's got. I mean, he he beats Fritz easily mentally because the record. City Pass thinks he has no chance. Medvedev thinks he has half a chance, but he just came off beating Alcaraz, which was a huge deal. Alcaraz is the only guy that doesn't fear him, and we can't get Alcaraz Djokovic every time because yeah. that's not Alcaraz isn't there yet 
in terms of like, you know, oh, it's just Nadal, Djokovic in the final, like it used to yeah. be. Or you know, the th- big three were in the finals, no matter what. Those days, you know, Alcaraz might get there in a, a year or two, but he's not there yet to kind of book him into the finals of everything yeah. alongside Djokovic. Yeah, and then there's, I mean, who else did he play? I mean, uh, Rublev, he, he beats him up. I mean, her catch was interesting at Wimbledon, but yeah, not enough. I mean, yeah, there's just not enough competition for Djokovic to make these finals interesting, unless they're four Alcaraz Djokovic matches. Yeah. Or maybe a Medvedev match, if he can get the second, it's... Yeah, I mean, they yeah. are mediocre, but it's because there's one guy that's just way better than everybody that makes it mediocre. Yeah, no, I agree. Someone who's actually, I think, could have a chance if he's kind of is back to his best and, and can play some really good tennis is Zverev because we've seen in the past yeah. that he's had really close matches with him, but and the style, I think, uh, you know, he, he can trouble Djokovic, especially like backhand to backhand as well, um, which is there's not really many players on tour that can do that. But the issue with him is more just it's more on his own side of the court. Like mentally, is he forget about Djokovic because I think he does think that he can beat him. But it's more mentally, is he going to be able to go for it and have the confidence to be more aggressive? But I don't know. We'll see how he gets on next year. Hopefully, he stays fit because if he stays fit, I think he's he's up there in terms of being able to challenge someone like Djokovic when they play. That is, uh, mm. I think the rest of the there's some other players that are going to be probably more consistent and they might get to slam finals, etc. But as you said, I don't really think that Djokovic is is phased by anyone really, apart from maybe, yeah, as you said, Alcaraz and, and Medvedev and potentially maybe like a Zvera, but everyone else. Hmm. I mean, actually, one, one person who's interesting is Holger Rune, to be honest, yeah. because he, yeah. he has troubled him in best of three. I'd like to see that in a best of five. Because so, yeah. Holger Rune would would take him deep as well, similar to how Medi does, and well, know, this he, close in Australia, <laughs> yeah, this close with that Rublev match. Yeah, but, uh, but the thing is, he probably would have been, he would have been really, really tired, wouldn't he? I guess going into that Djokovic match, that yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't have been ideal. Uh, but yeah, I think I think for him, he also has like more tricks in his arsenal as well. Like he's he's a bit mm-hmm. more diverse. So rather Medi, I feel like he's a bit one-dimensional um, is the other thing. So, yeah. yeah, hopefully he's fit as well for next year because I feel like the only way for Djokovic to really have a challenge in some of the slams is for everyone to, one, be fully fit. <laughs> is mm. that it's like the top players be fully fit and two, for them to then, for him to get a draw. I think his draws, I don't want to say they were easy because, like, for example, the one at the US Open like some play, some players fell out. Like Rune obviously was a bit injured, and then he was supposed to be in the quarterfinals. He, he wasn't. Neither was Rude. And like, I think the only reason why his draws are easy is because his head to heads are so favorable. Like what we do is when we do the draw preview, we look at it and say like Djokovic. Oh, it's going to be easy for him because he always destroys Fritz. He always destroys Rublev. But then for other players, it's not that. If that makes sense. Uh, so yeah. we're kind of taking that into account. Uh, but. I guess in 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 realistic terms, it is easy for him because unless you've got the couple of players I mentioned in his half, then he's like nailed on for the final. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, I agree. Like I, yeah, I mean, you could name we've named the players that Djokovic struggles with, and that's yeah, or has maybe struggled. Like Alcaraz is the exception, the only one that's consistently troubled him. But Medvedev's had bad results against Djokovic and. Winning wins, City Pass like you could uh, with the easy draw. You could put where Fritz was. You could put City Pass. You could put Rude. You could put 
I don't know, Rublev, you could put so many players in that spot and it would still be easy. Um, and you can't have Medvedev in a quarterfinal. <laughs> and you can't have Alcaraz and Djokovic and Medvedev in the same half unless they all drop down the ranks a little because they're the top three. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's Djokovic. There's no one. I think the difference as well with Alcaraz is that his draw is harder because there's a lot more players that we don't know with Al- like playing against Alcaraz, what they're like. But like we didn't know what Zverev Alcaraz looked like on a hard court. And unfortunately, Zverev was probably too tired to play him, but he and he got injured in the second. He said in his press conference as well that he was, you know, feeling pretty good. And then his leg went. We know Sinner can trouble Alcaraz, but Sinner can't trouble Djokovic. Medvedev can beat Alcaraz now, or at least got one over him. And Medvedev can beat Djokovic, but again, that's going to be a semi final. Uh, we haven't seen Rublev play Alcaraz yet. Runa's been interesting against Alcaraz one or twice, one or two times. Not enough, though. Runa in five against Djokovic, no idea. Like, there's so many things that we don't know about Alcaraz against, for the most part of the you know top 20. Whereas Djokovic, we know, like, okay, if he plays nine, like 18 of the top 10, 20 guys, he's probably going to beat them in straight sets, or maybe four. Whereas with Alcaraz, yeah, we aren't there yet, but we're probably going to get there in a year, and he's going to be, hopefully, him and Djokovic will play many times, and it'll be like three finals next year will be Djokovic-Alcaraz. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That'll be interesting. Um, and I, 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 I'm all for Djokovic-Alcaraz, no doubt. I mean, I think we, we need to see it again at some point soon, but yeah, yeah, the other guys need to step up, I think, is really the the crux of the matter. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be very, very tough for everyone else. Uh, questions. If, if you put in a question, make sure you put a question mark on it as a question. I was not going to miss it. He <laughs> <laughs> says, when they asked him about the crowd booing and just responses like, I don't mind, I'll just keep winning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Djokovic. That's the thing, right? That's pretty much now what he's like. He's, Which is good, because I feel like before it really bugged him. Like when he lost yeah. to Nadal... Was it last year at Roland Garros? It wouldn't have been last year. And then he he came out after and was like... And to be fair, they shouldn't have booed him anyway, the crowd, when he came out. Mm. That was really stupid. But that, that was really just disrespectful, I thought. But after, he was like, oh, you know, like, yeah, of course he of course he came back. For, or of course he won because 99% of the crowd were on his side. And I was like, okay, mm. this isn't coming across as a graceful winner. But it's because he was just, he was just basically pissed that he was like, look, I'm just as I'm so bloody good and you guys don't appreciate me and I've I've completely understand that to be honest. But at the same time now I think he's just he's just at peace with it. He's like, look, fine. Okay, this is who I'm gonna be, this is who I'm gonna be. Yeah. Uh, and that's why he's on three other four slams this year. Yeah. Because he's just been very much I think he's confident within himself now. Uh which is which is good to see as well. Um I have a question for you actually, but uh, before we get to the other questions. Yep. I had a question on one of my lives saying, which Novak is better or rank them? The 2011 Novak, 2015, 2021 or 2023. So all, all three seasons that he's won three slams. Obviously, there's still a little bit to go this year with Novak, but we know that he's probably only going to play what probably Paris and the ATP finals anyway. I'd imagine. Mm. I, I'd, he might play like one or two indoor stuff, but it, yeah, we'll see, I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of like level? Yeah, I guess his level in those four seasons. Like, how how would you rank it? Um, oh. I'd say that 
I mean, they're all the same achievements for the most part. Yeah. I mean, he's probably won more titles exactly, in yeah. previous seasons than this season, and 21 probably not as many as 15 and 11. 15, like from what I can feel from Djokovic fans, 15 is the season. Like they're always like, "That's yeah. the season." This year, like, and I guess the achievements are similar, but who he beat matters. Like this year, has he beaten one of the other goats? No. So he's probably, so. Is it is it just as good? I know I know people like to throw up weak era, and that we might be in the, a weak era. Well, we're in a weaker era than Federer and Nadal Djokovic because that was ridiculous. That's the, so that's the, I mean that's the that's the strongest era, right? I think people forget yeah. that's pretty much like yeah. it's we're just coming off the best era ever. And now we're coming yeah. off. Or now we're going into a new era, which is not as good. Which you know, a weaker era. Um, I mean, twenty eleven, like that's when he kind of went. Hey, I'm also part of this group. You know, it wasn't yeah. just Nadal Federer anymore. Yeah. But 2015 feels... In 2011, I, like... I think he was like 6 and 0 versus Nadal that year. Yeah, yeah. Like like he, he just... so, but I was like 2015 feels like the, when Djokovic yeah. was like at his peak. Like, he, yeah, like 2011 was kind of like, hey, big three. And then Murray kind of... did the Murray kind of, Well, Murray was after 20, like 2016 yeah. onwards, wasn't he? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of arrived at that time. But 2015 feels like that was when Djokovic was... Kind of like he's now, like untouchable, unless yeah. there's you know a match that comes along and you know maybe he loses to a, a, a Federer or Nadal. And twenty it was twenty fifteen, the year he came back from against Fed in the semis in US and won. Was that that kind of? I can't remember if that was twenty fifteen or one of those semifinals that he came back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, his match points down, he hit return winning. That was ridiculous. Yeah. So that I feel like that was the like that was the scariest Djokovic was that twenty fifteen. Um, and he was going into wasn't it like yeah he won yeah three slams and then he was going into like the next year and he won two out of, did he win two twenty no he didn't win twenty sixteen French he won twenty sixteen Australian and then going to the French and then twenty sixteen kind of dipped but yeah twenty fifteen feels because like yeah twenty one I mean Federer wasn't there Nadal's not there Murray's not the same this year Nadal's not like he's been on his own. Yeah, from his generation, Murray's been there, but not playing against Djokovic. So, yeah, I think for me it's 2015. But yeah, well, where, where would like you where would you rank the others? Then you've got 2015 at the top. If you had to rank them in order, where, where would you put them? Um, I'd say 2015, probably 21 because he was going for the calendar slam. That's true. 2011, and I'll probably put this season as four. Yeah. Because this season feels like, well, there's no other competition. So, of course, he's winning everything. Whereas the other yeah. times, it's like he had to go through killers to get that. Like, he earned those trophies. Whereas this time, it's kind of like, yeah, he's been Elkrez. And that's, you know, we don't know how good he's going to he can be. But, um, yeah, it's like, well, he's, you know, he's, he kind of hasn't had to. Like, the, the competition back then was way harder. Even in 21, you know, going for that calendar slam, no one had a chance to do that. No one's ever had, like, no one's come close. Not even the Serena didn't even make the final to, to try and do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'd say, yeah, 15, 21, 11, 23. Yeah. I think yeah. that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty fair, to be honest. Uh, for sure. Cool. Uh, Maddie says, will Coco be able to continue her momentum considering Brad Gilbert is not traveling outside the States with her? He's not traveling. That's what I heard. Do you correct me if I'm wrong? I haven't heard otherwise. I know he, Brad Gilbert is quite particular, and I know that because of the podcast we did. Um, 
uh, the the other reason I don't know if I'd be able to get him on is because he's he's very particular about who he speaks to as well. So he spoke to okay. Brad uh, because he's like really good friends with him, you know, but yeah. he actually wasn't comfortable speaking to me, like having me on there as well. And I wasn't part of that anyway. But he was just like, yeah, yeah, he would rather just speak to Brad. So um, I, I do get the feeling that he's a bit of a particular kind of person, um, the way that he is. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that if he doesn't travel outside the States with her? I mean, I guess it would mean, say, for example, next year, the only slam that he'd be there is US Open and obviously the other Masters tournaments like Indian Wells, etc. But he won't be there for the Aussie Open and French and Wimbledon, etc. as well. Yeah, but doesn't he, like, because he commentates, right? So wouldn't he be, yeah. he would come down to the Oz for, and he'd probably go to Wimbledon for work, like commentary work. So you think he'd probably maybe be around for those. Hmm. maybe um yeah i mean i guess even if he's not there he'll still be coaching her beforehand yeah. right and, and he's got two co- she's got two coaches anyway yeah so it's not like exactly. he's the only guy yeah um we'll find out i mean she's been unstoppable with him and we've seen what like Alcaraz has had trouble when one cast is not there i know he won queen's club without one cast but there is there's tournaments where i think it was what was it canada where Juan Carlos wasn't there, and, and we've seen Dominic team with Nicholas Masu not being there in previous years. He struggled at times. So, you know, sometimes not having the coach there is bad for players, and especially because, I mean, he jumps on, she wins everything. He isn't there. Is she going to be able to keep that? Like, or is she going to look up the box and go, oh, no, he's not here. I can't win. Yeah. So that'll be really interesting to see how she kind of does that. Um, I know she's not playing next week in Guadalajara because no one else, no one is anymore. Everyone ditched. Um, yeah. Only the players that lost earlier, the, French, uh, um, <laughs> the US are playing now because they need form. Yeah. So then that means she'll go into, she'll go to the Asian swing, play, I guess, Beijing or whatever the big tournament is this year, and then go back to Mexico. He might go to Cancun uh, for the WTA finals because it's not too far away. So she might only have two tournaments where she's not, he's not there, which is not that bad. But then we'll find out. I mean, she's she's called out the haters, so they're all waiting for her to do mess up. Yeah. <laughs> and if she doesn't win or she doesn't play well at the Asian Swing, everyone like all the haters are going to start talking like, "Hey, you're not that good without Brad Gilbert." <laughs> so like, there is a little bit extra pressure there that you know, because <laughs> she did call them out. So, um, yeah, so it would be interesting. Um. I guess we'll find out. I guess we won't know. If she loses early in the next tournament, then we can say, well, maybe it's, you know, she's she's reached the height of her career so far. She's won a slam and now she's got to go play a smaller event. Maybe that's why she lost, but we'll find out. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting to see. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you're saying about the haters saying she's not she's not good with Brad Gilbert, so she's useless. Yeah, yeah exactly. Classic. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. What are your thoughts on so many top players pulling out of Guadalajara? If you had to move the tour to a different spot on the calendar, where would you move it? You can go. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those weird ones where I feel like it's been a very long season. Um, what, what I don't get, to be honest, as well, is that I thought players, if they pulled out the Master 1000 tournament then they would get fined, but it seems like they're being a bit more lenient now on it, because yeah. I know even Djokovic for, what was it? Was it Montreal? That 
he pulled out of I think it was. Yeah. He basically pulled out of it and he cited like fatigue. Yep. But it was a bit like, is it fatigue? Because he hasn't really played that much tennis this year. Um mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah, and, and even, you know, the other the other players that are pulled out. I mean, I don't know who, exactly who's pulled out. Maybe you'll know. No, Shriantek pulled out today with yeah, fatigue. I saw she Goff, pulled out. Pagula, I think, with the same. Yeah. They kind so, of like tired. And Pagula's a defending champ. And last year, I think it was mm. what her and Sakari in the final. That was, and Goff mm-hmm. played it last year as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's a shame, to be honest, because it's quite a, a fun tournament. I like the courts and the atmosphere, and it clearly has mm-hmm. really good uh, vibes, I think, about it. But yeah, maybe the problem is that it's just after a really, really long season. And the players that have gone deep, as you said, they might want to have a rest. Uh, yeah. make sure they don't get injured uh, which is seems like what Shriontek said as well but yeah. would I move it to a different spot maybe they can move it a bit later like on the ATP side they've got the Masters tournaments a bit later in the year which are the indoor ones like well Paris is the indoor one I guess yeah. uh, so they could potentially move it a bit even if they moved it a week later I think they'd probably be fine to be honest I think it's, it's just because it's quite early after but uh, what mm. are your thoughts yeah, like, well, I guess the way it came about was it became the WTA Finals venue, what, two years ago. That was a hit. And kind of like, and I've said this on on my stream before, like it's kind of like the way Shanghai became a thing back in like the 2000s. Like they went to the Masters, Masters Cup, which was the AGB Finals back in the day. They went to Shanghai there and did a couple of events and it was packed and they're like, well, we should probably make an event here because there's people that want tennis. And then they made what we now know is, you know, Shanghai Masters, Asian Swing. So I think that's what the WTA have kind of gone, we need to make this at 1,000 event. And they did last year and it worked out well. It was kind of the end of the year. And then like logistically, it made sense because you're going from Mexico back up to New, uh, back up to um, Texas for the WTA finals. But this time around, it's like, I think like the US Open and then it's like, okay, we're going to go down to Mexico. Then you go across to Asia and then you come back to uh, to Mexico. I think if they knew that what the venue was going to be for the finals, they probably would have flipped things. Like they might've gone from, you know, from, uh, you know, New York to, to Asia for a month and then come back and done, you know, Guadalajara and then the finals. And like Guadalajara could have been the Paris of, what the ATP Paris indoors is, right? And that could have worked well. But because they didn't know that until what, like last week, they can't just leave everybody hanging. So I liked it as a venue for the WTA finals. I thought it was great. Like it was an instant hit. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, they probably could have. But I mean, they can't really move it anywhere else, can they? Because February is next year. Gonna, I was starting next year is going to have two 1,000 events in the Middle East. January's Australian Open, March is booked, April's the clay, so you don't really want to play on hard courts on top of a mountain in Mexico to go then go play on clay. I know they do have a smaller event in February on in, well, that's like is it Guadalajara or Acapulco, one of the two. Acapulco, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they can't really put a three masters in one month. And then it's like grass season, and then you don't have, really have a run to go to the US because you've got already got two big tournaments there plus Washington it's like and they're, they're going to be two weeks you know so they're, they're going to be pushed out more so there's even less time yeah it's it's you kind of don't have anywhere to put it unless you put it here or 
in October before the WTA final. So it's sort of yeah, it's a great it's a great tournament, but yeah, it's just sort of yeah, it's just sort of come in so late that there's no room. Yeah, I'm surprised actually they didn't just stick with it for the WTA finals for a few years because you said it was really good. Um, that yeah. year, to be fair, I thought it was, it was really good. Yeah, I guess players might be well. complaining about the altitude because I know Sviontek said, Oh, really? That she didn't like how she felt when she played there or she didn't like that high altitude tennis, um, which is probably why she didn't play last year and probably why she doesn't want to go play this year. So it's <laughs> not a surprise that she's pulled out yeah. again, but um. Yeah, maybe it's because it is too, like it just feels too intense, hmm. maybe because it's high altitude and taxing and after a long season and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I just don't know where they could put it though. That's the thing. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm just, yeah, I'm not, not sure, not sure about it. And also the WTA finals, the fact that they announced it so late was just absolutely mm. random as well. Like that, <laughs> that was absolutely mess to be honest. I mean, yeah. how, how can you wait that long to do it? It's just absolutely crazy. But anyway, yep. it's what it is, I guess. Uh, cool. Okay. Snicker says Rune is overrated. He will never win a slam, not even reach a slam final. Oh, interesting. What are your thoughts on that? No, that's no. He will. <laughs> yeah, I think he will as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think he will. I think. Look, he's. It depends on how overrated you think he is. I think he will win at least one. And yeah, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. And things with the mentality he's got in the game, I think. He, I think he will. I'd, I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't. Although, you know, in saying that, you know, I think when we so confidently say yeah, he's going to win one, people were saying that about Zverev when he was eighteen. Like, he's going to win a slam, and then he could still win one, but yeah, he hasn't won one yeah. yet, to be honest. So. Uh, Neither did Wozniacki till the end. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I mean, it's as long crazy. as they're still playing, Rado Khan is not going to win another one, apparently. And then it's like, well, she retired. Like Osaka's yeah. not going to win one, but she's coming back. So, but he, like, anyone could win one, especially in this era. Like, that's the thing. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe if up. Runa was ten years ago, then you'd say, well, no one's winning outside of four guys, yeah. five guys. But this coming up, it's like, yeah, Alcaraz isn't going to win everything. Yeah. You know, we've seen Medvedev take out Alcaraz. We've seen, obviously, Djokovic take out Alcaraz. Djokovic, Alcaraz's well, yeah. body is taking out Alcaraz, right? He didn't play Australia because of that. But I would love to see Runa, especially start of the year, because it feels like Runa right now is like, you know, it wasn't great. At the, it, was, it was terrible here because he, well, terrible at the US because of maybe his body was put, falling apart. Patrick Maratoglu here, that whole thing, that kind of was going on as well. I would love to see Runa Alcaraz Australian Open like when they're both fresh starting yeah. next year just to kind of go, okay, this is... Because I think the big question for Runa is like, well, can he beat Alcaraz at a slam? Yeah, He almost beats Rublev, gets to the quarterfinals of the Australian. That would have been interesting. He makes the quarterfinals, loses to Alcaraz at Wimbledon. But, I mean, these young guys on grass, Alcaraz is a beast. You know, I mean, Alcaraz then beat Medi, who's... you know, So maybe Alcaraz underrated on grass. Yeah. So I wouldn't be counting Runa out, especially when well, he's like 20. Yeah, I, I reckon he's got a good chance against Alcaraz on a quick or straight in hardcore, to be honest. I think that's yeah. probably his best bet. I, I I don't think he's, even though he's very good on clay as well, I actually think Alcaraz has more of an advantage there. And at Wimbledon, obviously, he lost him in straight sets this year uh, yeah. in this quarterfinals. Yeah. And yeah, in US Open, I think, yeah, it's kind of much the muchness. But yeah, I think, yeah, Australia would be interested to see for sure. Um, and yeah, I want to see Runa versus Djokovic on a best of five. I just, I just think... Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to see, as long as it's not Wimbledon. I think then it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give him well, some I mean, like, 
Runa's results this year are slams, right? Fourth round, like a point away from making a quarterfinals. Quarterfinals French, quarterfinals Wimbledon, and then first round US. Yeah. So he was one yeah. point away from making three out of four quarterfinals this year. Yeah. So, and this is like his second year on tour because last year was his breakout. Exactly. You know, yeah. Made the French Open quarterfinals, beat City Pass along the way, wins Paris at the end of last year, and then this year is like his his first top ten like season. Yeah. And he's done pretty well. I mean, you could yeah, put him up against any of the other guys in the top 10 and you go, well, Rude's made, he made a final and then did nothing else. Then, you know, yeah. Pass made a final and did done nothing, nothing else. else yeah. since. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, he's, yeah, put him up against Alcaraz and he looks bad. But you would still say Rune has been, I mean, he's number four yeah. in the world, right, currently? Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't think that, or he's not, you know, doesn't deserve to be there based on those, just those results. Should have probably won Monte Carlo. Yeah, you know, doesn't didn't have a chance in Rome because Medi was just Klaverdev. But yeah. again, I I would not be doubting Runa. If you don't like Runa, that's fine. Yeah. But I wouldn't doubt his abilities. Yeah, yeah, we, we've got to revisit the Klaverdev at some point. It's ridiculous. See, when, <laughs> when I do the twenty twenty three review of the season, like one of the most surprising things ever to happen, him winning Rome. I thought, yeah, he yeah. could have good results on clay, but that was just like, yeah. And yeah, then to at, lose in the second round of Roland Garros just tops it off as well to some random save. It was, fir- was it first round? It was first round, wasn't it? Was it first round? I thought he lost first, first round to a quali. Yeah, he lost it, to save both know. wild. Maybe that was the first round. I can't remember. I thought for some reason I thought, I thought like he'd won one. But uh, let me check. So now I'm doubting myself thinking we're probably right. Yeah, first round. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh yeah. Because I remember watching yeah. that, and it was like, "What the hell is going on?" Because he, <laughs> we he never had it again. until yeah. that day. I know, crazy, crazy. Uh, Harsh says, "How is the race of the year and final shaping up for both ATP and WTA? Who are some players that you all would like to see in the final eight? I can tell because I have it up, and I saw this question, so I was like, I "Better have it up." So <laughs> the top eight are Djokovic, Alcaraz, Medvedev, Sinner, Rublev, Sitsipas, Runa, and Zverev just sneaks in. Uh, Fritz is just behind Zverev, like with 20 points difference, mm-hmm. and then after that is a bit of a jump of about 400. Well, just under 400 points. Kasparov's at 10, Dimonor at 11, Tommy Paul 12, TFO, Hatchinov, Nori, Hakat, Shell. So I think that's kind of we don't need to go any further. That's the kind of um, mm-hmm. the rest. But yeah, do you see anyone from Fritz to Shelton sneaking in to the ATP, or do you think it's pretty? I like that yeah. top eight. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't change it. I would, like Fritz had his time last year. He was number nine. He got he snuck in. Yeah, he was okay. You know, he got to the semis and he did okay. But yeah, I like that. I like Zverev coming back. He's been great at the ATP finals. Yeah. Or Sinner getting his chance. Runa would be really fun to see. He just missed out last year. Um, yeah, obviously Djokovic, Elkris on indoor courts. That'd be awesome to see that. We haven't seen that mm. before. Medvedev there as well. City Pass. I mean, he's been there. For for a while, so you just keep him there for, you know, because well, who do you pl- replace him with? There's not too many. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be fun to see Shelton in there as like some random kind of thing, but <laughs> I, I like that top eight. I like that top eight. I yeah, there's a lot of good matches. I mean, you could put yeah, Zverev, Zverev, Medvedev again, which yeah. is a, you know match number what seven this year. Yeah, give Zverev another crack at Alcaraz. See what Zverev can do against Djokovic. Then Runa Djokovic. Then. Runa Alcaraz, and then you got Sinner Alcaraz, and you can put Sinner Medvedev and Sitsipas Medvedev, and like there's just so many. And I missed that Rublev; he's in there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then well, Rublev. You know, I want to see Rublev Alcaraz. Played some epics last year too. Yeah, Rublev yeah, Alcaraz. Yeah, I, I reckon Rublev. I mean, 
I know obviously Djokovic has it, it makes him look like easy work, but I think like with how big he hits on the back of the court, I, I just think it's interesting to see like how he gets on with Alcaraz. To be honest, I think it'd be intriguing mm. to be honest. And you see a lot of winners left, right, and center. So what's not to like? But yeah, yeah, be, yeah. I I love that top eight as well. I think I'm just looking at the. I just don't think there's anyone else. I mean, they're good players, but her catch, her yeah. catch would be the one that I would be like, okay, yeah, if for anybody, indoor, I wouldn't. Yeah, because uh, he's put he's pushed Elkaraz and he's pushed Djokovic. Yeah, so I think that's he has. If those guys, like the guys in the top, like yeah, if you're going to split them in half and make the mm. groups now, you would say you want Rublev and Elkaraz in that side. You know, you could put Medvedev and Djokovic on one side, maybe put Sinner with Elkaraz's side, Runa with Djokovic's side, mm. and split them to be pretty even. Whereas if you put Fritz in there, Fritz against Elkaraz, we've seen that it's nothing. Fritz against Djokovic is not being very good, and then Rude, I mean. Like, I mean, he made the hard, final last yeah. year, but he did. How, but... how did he do that? We've got to go look at the footage. I think he beat F, what did he beat FAA and Fritz or something, Fritz, yeah. And yeah, Rublev, I think, beat... in the semi. So it's like, well, yeah, so yeah, I, I think that, yeah, that top eight's perfect. Yeah, let's, I agree. let's have the finals now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, for, uh, interesting question for you, actually. Her catch, do you think if I had to press you into yes or no answer, do you think he'll win a slam? Her catch. Um, no, I think he'll make a final. I think he'll be a finalist. He'll kind of be like Berrettini. Like Berrettini made the yeah. final. If he doesn't do anything anymore, then you'd say, well, that was. He just feels. He feels like a finalist. A slam <laughs> he finalist. Like a final, he has a finalist aura yeah. about him. Yeah, um, I think like he like he makes a Wimbledon final, but he'll probably lose to somebody or yeah, like he feels like he's got the he's got amazing game when he's on. Yeah, and I love talking about like I love watching him, and I love how like it was great against Djokovic for what it was. You know, it was still it was four sets, but still like really good. But yeah, I think like he'll be if he's going to win one, it's going to be probably Wimbledon. But yeah, I think I'm more likely to see him like kind of like what um, like Anderson, you know, making the final and yeah, you know, like he kind of looks like he would be a he would like a curious right a finalist. I could see him lifting up one of the plates, not the trophy, though. Yeah. If Ki- the if, other guys are too good. If Kyrgios stays fit and has a stretch of a couple of years, he should win a slam. It mm. might sound controversial to say, but he should. Honestly, like, it, it, do- it just doesn't make any sense. If he's doing what he's doing now, which I don't know if it's because he's injured or whatever, he's only played one match this year, but, mm-hmm. like, then obviously no chance. But if he gives himself, like, two or three years where he plays, I don't know, we're talking about, like, it doesn't even need to be 75% of the tour, 60% of the tour. He plays every single slam and mm-hmm. then plays a few tournaments in between. I reckon he wins a slam. Like, I just, I, I don't see how he can play the level he played in 2022 over three years and then he doesn't win one. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But we'll see mm-hmm. because it, he, it's a lot to do with his motivation and stuff as well, I know. But um, it'd be a shame if he ends his career without winning a slam. And if anyone's in the comment section says, well, he's won a double slam, I'm like, okay, that, that's fine. But he doesn't care about double slams. Let's be honest. He cares about single slams. Like he's not a doubles player. So I think I went all said and done. You're not going to be like, Oh, he was a grand slam champion. Like let's be honest. He wasn't because yeah. again, he's not a doubles player. Like he's, he did that for fun yeah. and he just happened to win it. So like, that's great. It's great bonus. But um, yeah. he, he'd, he'd trade like 10 doubles grand slam titles for one singles one. So um, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, WTA tour. So Sabalenka, Sviontek, Goff, Rabakina, Pogula, Vondrusova, Mukova, Jabur. And then actually, there's quite a big jump between Jabur's on 3,200 points and 2,700 is Keys 
who's gone up seven places. Crazy. Mm. Keys, Kvitova, Benchich, Ostapenko, Kazakina, Halad Meyer, Sakri's all the way down at 15. That top eight as well looks like. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. In. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I like that top eight too. I, I mean, yeah, who, who do you, it's, it's just like, who do you, who's missing? Yeah, because like Keys and Kvitova, but... you're like, they've kind of, they've been there, like they've been in and around it, but. Yeah. Don't really know if they're going to be able to do much benchage. I mean, Ostapenko is fun, I guess, a little bit if she's just oh, yeah, yeah. play as well. But yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind putting her in there instead of. I mean, instead of Ants, maybe mm. because of the Shviontek factor, like just to see them play again. Yeah. Depends um, what Ants turns up, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I think that's especially like the, the thing that's made that the most interesting now is you probably would replace. You know, a Pagula or a Goff with Ostapenko because of the Shviontek matchup, but yeah. they're beating Shviontek now, so it's kind of like there is no, like especially yeah. with Goff beating. I mean, Goff's over the last four tournaments has beaten a lot of those players: Mukova, Vondrusova, yeah, Shviontek, Sabalenka. Uh, she lost to Pagula, but she has beaten Pagula this year. So it's like that. I mean, yeah, that top eight is is yeah. pretty much perfect. Maybe Mukova with an Ostapenko. Because I don't know if Keys jumping in would make it, wouldn't make it better. Yeah, I feel like we've, already, we've got enough power in there with Sabalenka yeah. and, and Rabakina. So and Pagoda's a baseline hitter anyway, so she's like power baseline hitter. So I think, yeah, that's fine to be honest. I I agree. Yeah. That top eight is pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Runes back with his old trainer. Did you guys see that news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With his old Chris Sensen. And uh, Maddie says, with Simona's today's development, do you think Patrick Morisoglu should coach next? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's up to the player as well. <laughs> you say like uh, he just pick whoever he wants. Yeah, I picked Djokovic, like his Pokemon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any thought? Someone asked me this in the I, previous. One. I have no idea. I mean, I said something. Uh, well, at the at the US Open, I said something before the hell of stuff happened. Yeah, when he, I think it, he split with Runa. Yep. And it was kind of like that, like before the US Open. And then Naomi Osaka was talking to ESPN and said she hasn't got a coach yet. And I'm like, that that combination would be a dream team. Moritoglu, Osaka, because like Moritoglu is, you know, coach Serena. Osaka kind of has a bit of a Serena connection. He's already She's already got four slams. You know, he comes on, he usually makes people better. I mean, we saw... He jumps on, Halep gets to a semi-final of the slam and wins Canada before she gets busted. Um, and then, you know, he obviously took Serena to to her level. He put he jumps on Aruna for like a trial and he starts winning Paris. It's like yeah, you know, he makes people better. Kind of like Brad Gilbert does did with with Goff. And I think that I would just love to see him jump on with Nomo Osaka and then like maybe not win the Australian Open first straight away, but like yeah. Like that combination would, I feel like it just works so well. And the game of Osaka is, is a Serena type game, yeah, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And he would be like, well, you know, he, he's already dealt with many of those players. So I think that would, because he's looking for a job. I mean, at this point, Halep's not coming back anytime soon. Runa's moved on. And I don't see anyone else though. Like, who, who else would he, like, Fiontech, no. Sabalenka, no. Goff, no. Pagula, no. That like the Czech players, no. Garcia, the French connection, maybe. But I don't know if she's looking for a new coach or. If, but or like 
so like yeah, I mean Osaka would be my outs way outside pick if he could pick anybody because she's got four slams. She's not even like she's like twenty five, you know. So it's like not done. Uh, yeah, I mean Benchich, I don't know. Like I think Osaka is coachless. He's playerless, and they're both champions in their you know mm. champion player, champion coach. It just seems like perfect situation yeah nice no, interesting one actually yeah that'd be cool i have a question why is uh or jlc always underachieving especially in slams there's a good game and good uh physical i guess attributes but never goes deep how come uh i don't know <laughs> to be honest again I, I think it's more the mental side than anything but he's, mm-hmm. he's made a couple of well he's made a semi-final i know of a slam but yeah. He's always he's had a bit of an issue with movement on certain surfaces. One was obviously clay, and then he sorted that out a little bit last year, and then this year it's just I think this is just confidence really. But in terms mm-hmm. of why, I mean, he's still pretty young. Um, but I, I think he will. I think he'll make at least a slam final. What yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, what was it? Australian Open last year had match points against Medvedev, loses. Medvedev makes the yeah. final. Goes up two sets love against Rafa. Rafa comes back. So it's like, well, what would that have looked like? Would he have made the final of the Australian Open if you replace him and Medvedev? Yeah. So you know, he was one point away potentially from making a final of a Slam. Yeah, the French Open last year plays Rafa. Uncle Tony says, <laughs> "I'm not, I'm not coming to that one." Um, just a bad draw. Uh, Wimbledon, he lost. I can't remember what he. Happened. I mean, he must have lost early because I can't remember. And then yeah, the US Open what two years ago when he made the semis. That was his like breakout. End of last year, he was on fire. Um, but yeah, and then this year he's just kind of not been able to replicate that Netflix curse or whatever you want to call it. Whatever it is, injuries. He's had shoulder problems and stuff too, so that might be something. But um, yeah, I mean, he he's you got to put him up against the guys that he's that are his age. I mean, only rude. Alcaraz and Runa and maybe Sinner now have done better than him yeah. in his generation. I mean, guys like, I mean, Shelton's just getting started, right? Um, yeah. Who else is like 23 and under? Um, quarter. And quarter, yeah. Quarter's not, Traven, I mean, he's, better, he's got more than quarter in terms of, you know, trophies and stuff. Um, Musetti, same thing, you know. So I guess in terms of his generation, he's sort of, top four or five yeah you know on results wise so yeah again he's you know just like Runa, he's super young he could come back next year he could make he could win something you know who knows <laughs> probably yeah. not next year but maybe he could <laughs> yeah make true. a final true yeah for sure i agree uh our pagoda and got the best double team ever since they won the last four out of five titles in a row I don't know. I don't know enough about doubles tennis to be honest. Do you know no, enough about not. Navratilova Shriver? I think is the greatest team of all okay. time. I think that's okay. what because Navratilova is obviously the, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the greatest tennis players ever. And then I think Pam Shriver and her teamed up in like the eighties and just dominated. Even the, I mean the Williams sisters, right? You can chuck them up there. Yeah. It's better. Uh, but Gula Goff don't have a slam though. That's the thing. They have zero. Yeah. Zero slam, so it's hard to say that they're even in like top 100 because they've got no slams. Yeah, 
Krujikova and Krujikova are already better anyway. If they're just yeah. if they were healthy and they played more, like it was both have been injured yeah. at times, they would be number one. Goff Bagula are number one, but I don't know if they're the best team. It's kind of like last year when we're saying like, oh, Medvedev's number one, but it's like, well, he's not the best player on the planet. Djokovic is. <laughs> yeah. He just didn't get to play, you know? So it's kind of like that. It feels a little yeah. bit. It's hard to be number one without a slam. I mean, right? It's That's the big thing about tennis. Yeah. It's hard to Wozniacki. Right. Yep. <laughs> Gene says, Glenn Lahore is a non-mandatory 1,000 like Monte Carlo for the ATP. Okay. Right. I didn't know that, to be honest. Did you know, did you know that? Um, I think because it's one week. Like most, some of the one week masters for the ladies are non mandatory. Okay. I mean, that's how it sort of works. So if they're one week, they're non mandatory. Well, there's only okay. a couple of two weeks, but yeah, I think maybe it's because it's a new one too. I knew it was, I didn't know if it was, yeah, but it, I mean, going back to what you said about getting fined, I mean, I'm sure Shriante can pay a fine yeah. <laughs> to have a week off. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's an yeah, expensive week off for all of us, but like I'm sure she afford <laughs> a, a ten grand fine if she really doesn't want to go to Guadalajara. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, Dutch says maybe the ATP slash WTA can set up a Mexican swing to get the matches out of the way. I think that's what we were saying. We don't know where they would, um, yeah. they would be able to fit it in though. I think that's the problem. Uh, yeah. In honesty, I mean, if you're going to change something, you would go like if you want to really dress it. Like let's say Saudi Arabia by the WTA finals mm. like they were almost going to if they had that you would grab february chuck that after at the end of the year and it would be this saudi arabia or this um you know the um, middle eastern swing mm. and you'd go all the way up to the finals and then you'd put like uh you know you'd stay in a, like that american region from february march so that would make sense but again i mean who knows yeah. what's going to happen when the wta and atp merge Possibly. Yeah, I hope that happens. Yeah, I mean I everything could change because they're going to try and like I'm looking at my schedule right now, and the Paris indoors and the Cancun finals are going to be at the same time. I'm sure the ATP don't want to have that happen if they merge. So it could no, be I think they'll have to. They'll probably. I imagine they will do tournaments. So I, my my thinking is if they merge, is that. Similar to like when you have where you have with Cincinnati and stuff, they will either yep. have the same tournament for both at the same going on at the same time and mm-hmm. try and merge it that way. The only issue with that is with tournaments that are bigger tournaments like Master One Thousands, if they don't have enough courts, I don't yeah. know how they would do it. So I don't know whether they maybe like they do for uh, Toronto and Montreal, they have it in the same country, yep. but two different venues, and then alternate it. For example, I think that would be quite a good idea, to be honest, for some of them. Uh, for some of them, it doesn't matter. Like, it's easy, like Cincinnati, because they both play same court, same times. Um, mm-hmm. so that's all good. And obviously, slams, like, the same thing. But, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see, to be honest, because I, I'm, I would be nice to have... I, I, I do hate it. I, I personally... It's great because, I guess, you have tennis going all the time, but it's a bit annoying that you have, like, one week ATP, and then it's like, next week, okay, it's WTA, and then they start, like... Well, they start a few days after each other. And it's like you're trying to keep track of like when the rounds are and stuff. And it's just, it would be good if they just had it on. Okay, look, yeah, we've got this and this um, same week. Like, let's just get it, let's just get into it, and you yeah. know what's going on. So, uh, I'd prefer that. And then, to be fair, for the players, maybe they could then structure it in a way that they feel like they do have a little bit more break as well. Um, because I do wonder whether sometimes they they feel like oh. 
we're starting like midway through a week as well sometimes some of the mm. tournaments and they're like it doesn't feel like we've got a lot of a break as well but uh, and maybe they could do it in a way that the calendar is a bit more like you know you were saying for like Guadalajara and Cancun if they'd known earlier they could have done that together yeah like yeah. let's try and make the calendar make sense like let's not just be stupid and have people flying around left right and center yeah because that that then means people are going to pull out as well yeah. Uh, so yeah let's see i guess yeah. um do, 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 do. maybe steph and patrick more talking they've already been together though yeah that's not a bad one yeah that, that might be more realistic yeah. Like that, if there was a betting, if there was betting going on for this, it, that would probably be the be the favorite pick because that makes sense. He's from yeah. the academy; they've worked together. Steph needs a coach. Yeah, that could work because Coco's not getting Patrick back, so <laughs> like, yeah, that's not changing. So yeah, Steph's coachless. Work together. There's history. Yeah, that's probably more likely. I yeah, think. I agree. It's, it's interesting as well because, like, with Steph, he had that. Mark Philippus, and then apparently Mark Philippus' wife came out after and said they were only supposed to, like, it's only supposed to be until the end of the US Open anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, people were saying that he'd, like, fired him and stuff. But yeah. Patrick Moritoglu obviously has coached Steph anyway. Like, in yeah. um, maybe not in his box, but uh, well, I've seen him in his box before, but he's not mm-hmm. been the main coach. Uh, so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that, yeah um, Mark Philippus lives near my parents. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> I know. Hey, they run into him at the coffee yeah, shop all the time. So I like I do, I yeah. was kind of shocked when he, they said he was going to be full time coach because I'm like, but he seems very much like a home family. Like, Australia is yeah. far away. We live so far away. So it's yeah. like a traveling coach for someone who has a I think he has a young family too. It's like yeah, there's no way he was going to be traveling all the time. But then yeah, so yeah, but that makes more sense that they were not going to be. Maybe that's why they split because Steph needed someone around all the time and yeah, or whatever. But yeah. yeah, used to get him on the channel cam. Come on, what's going on? <laughs> on the channel. So if I run into him when I go down there to see yeah. my parents, I'll uh, I'll ask him. Do... <laughs> uh, so why did you... why did you and Steph's really split? <laughs> yeah, we need to do <laughs> a segment time, which is can I return Mark Philippus's serve? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Is that like get it back in, or is it just <laughs> get yeah, racket on it? No, just get it back in. Yeah, I think he's like um, forty five, isn't he? So I might be more of a chance than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he still probably serves bullets. Uh, mm. Max says, uh, Apostolus is overbearing to not let anyone else coach Stefanos or drama. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I, I don't know him. So. It's difficult to know the, the dynamic. I mean, it seems mm. that obviously, to be honest, I think Steph, though, also really rates him highly, to be honest. So, I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's the case that he's controlling Steph. I mean, Steph is his own person and it seems like he does have free will. So it's just yeah. up to him, right? Whether he wants to have him or not. And he went away from him um, and now he's back. And it's like, I guess his dad's always going to be there in some capacity. It's just a question of how yeah. much influence he has on his tennis, that is, uh, and his and his game. But I feel like on-court coaching is, is, really, is really where... Apostolus really shines because he's mm. able to to say as much as he wants now, yeah, uh, which is hilarious. But yeah, yeah. Manny um, <laughs> says, "Do you think Pagula would have retired from doubles if she had won the U.S. Open mixed doubles?" Uh, I don't. I don't know to be honest. I, I maybe from the mixed doubles she would have, but I yeah. I assume she would have carried on with doubles. I do find it interesting because yeah. on the men's tour, I feel like anyone who's over the age of like twenty five 
if they are pushing deep into slams, they tend to not then play doubles unless your yeah. name's like Huber Hakach. But yeah. uh, on the women's tour, it's a lot more common, uh, which I find yeah. interesting. And that then brings me back to the question about what, whether they should they could they could play best of five because you almost think maybe they're just they they're able to play more matches because of that. Whereas yeah. the men are like, well, we we can't because you might play five sets tomorrow. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I, I don't know what what are your thoughts. I mean on on that as well. Yeah, I I don't think she'll retire if she wins a mixed doubles. I I don't know like Pagula. Like comparing her to Goff as well. Like Pagula, she's what twenty nine, so she's already been playing doubles this long. She's probably not going to retire doubles. Like because I think, and then now Goff's got a slam. It kind of changes things. But like, I think doubles for Goff was more of a distraction and she lost early and she wins it, you know. So I, I would have thought if you changed Pagula with Goff and said, do you think Goff will retire doubles if she wins a slam? Yes, because I think that's what they've been working towards. And once they get that, Goff will be like, I'm going to focus on singles. Like Sabalenka did, Sviantek I think did. She didn't win a slam, but Sviantek went from like learning, they're playing doubles a lot and then he went, now nah, I'm going to just do singles, Barty, right? So, but I think Pagula being 29 and kind of like an outsider for a slam, not not a, and no one's, I don't think anyone's picking Pagula to win a slam unless maybe Wimbledon was the best chance this year when things kind of fell apart for everybody else. Um, you know, all well, the big names started falling down. Maybe you would have picked her for that. Or maybe the Australian Open is probably a better example because she had like a pretty good road to the final. Um, knowing that Rebecca wasn't like who she is now, I guess. But yeah, I would have said, um, and I think Pagula's probably going to play doubles for the rest of her career. She's again, she's 29. She's an outsider at Slam, so I don't think like focusing on one thing. I mean, we saw this year she got to the mixed doubles final. She played okay at doubles and then lost its singles anyway. But for golf, I think it would be it's more beneficial that she gets a Slam quickly at doubles so she can stop playing. Um, but then again, she won a slam, so maybe nobody should retire doubles because it's different. And like you said, which I didn't think about, that's interesting that like, yeah, you don't see many of the guys play doubles because they know that like five set matches could be tomorrow, but the ladies do play. I mean, you see like, you know, as a ranker, Dadge Meyer, you know, all those players between even you know, Ostapenko, um, Garcia, who else is in like, Zachary doesn't play doubles, but you know, those kind of, I guess, yeah, a lot of the ladies play doubles as well. So you, you would wonder if maybe they changed, if they did change it to best of five from like whatever quarterfinals onwards, how many doubles top singles players would actually play doubles because of that possible five set match? It's, um, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, and they oh, look, if they can play doubles every other day, they're playing 14 days in a row. Let's say they both, you know, somebody wins a singles and doubles at the same year for the ladies. Like, I mean, Krajikova 2021, that would be interesting to see. Did she play every day? You know, one day doubles, one day singles, and see how many matches she played and then compare her to maybe Djokovic in that same year of the French Open and go, well, how many matches did he play? How much time on court? Because he didn't play doubles that year, whereas she did, and she won every... So that would be really... That would be an interesting conversation to then go, well, some players can play doubles every other day. and yeah. You know the the five set matches shouldn't be a problem, but yeah, uh, um, yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, time on court. Yeah, interesting. It's for sure, for sure. Um, <clears throat> cool. I think those are the questions. So we can probably 
wrap it up to be honest but yeah, yeah cam appreciated you being on as always man it's great yeah, no chat. and uh, is there anything that you want to you want to touch on before we we wrap it up no not really i mean i, I think it sets up Goff winning for the. I don't think we learned much from <laughs> from the men's side of things. The th- I mean, the things I learned from the U.S. Open was that I mean, Djokovic is still king. Medvedev and Alcaraz might be an interesting rivalry now. Whereas after Wimbledon, it was kind of like, oh no, Medvedev's got no shot. Um, so that makes it. But on the, other than that, it's like men's side of things. It's like Djokovic still king, and then there's two guys behind him that are interesting, and that's about it. On the women's side, though, I mean. The w, I've said that all year, WTA is so much more interesting because we have well, Fiontech and then Sabalenka stepped up. Rebecca was a threat. Now we've got Goff as a slam champion. The two Czech players are there. They can push. I mean, Von Drusseva, um, not Von, uh, sorry, um, Mukova pushing Fiontech at the French Open final was really fun. I mean, but there's just so many interesting. And then, um, you know, then you can put Jabur in there as well. Um, yeah, it's just like the WTA is just so every tournament just seems like we get a new champion or a different person winning and or a different group of people in the finals, but they're all still top ten. It's like it's just so much more interesting. Um and there's always something like next week when we watch Guadalajara, now that we don't have you know, I think it's like what, no no Shviontek, no Sabalenka, Goff, Pagula. Um and then you've got what Rabakin or Jabur, so a chance for them to win a, a big trophy this year, even though Rabakin has already got one. But still, Jabur can get one maybe, or Zachary, again, which will throw up a whole nother thing going into the Asian swing. It's just, there's just so much more exciting things happening on the women's side of things. And the men's side will get there in like two years, maybe, when again, Djokovic maybe steps back or Djokovic starts getting beaten. That'd be interesting. But on the men's side, it's just a one-man show. And on the women's side, there's so many, so much interest. So many more interesting things happening. Yeah. It's the only no. thing I learned at the US Open. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I agree. I think that you, you, we saw a glimpse, didn't we, of like Alcraz being Djokovic in the Wimbledon final, that, okay, this mm-hmm. is what we could see. But I feel like that is still like a year away, potentially, or, or it might happen to some degree next year. But like Djokovic is still going to win slams, I think, for at least, yeah. I think, anyway, for the next two years, he's going to win at, at least a slam, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the women's side, as you said, it's just so competitive. And it's great because we were having this conversation of the big three with Rebecca and Sabalenka and Shviontek. And then actually other people were starting to pop their heads up, like Jabir made the final of Wimbledon again. You're like, oh, is she in the con- in contention now? And okay, she hasn't won a slam yet. That's going to be an ongoing saga. And then Goff now just won one and she's now up there. She's like, okay, well, she's in the conversation. So, yeah, I agree. I think actually, and it's funny, I think the US Open, personally, I covered more WTA matches, um, not just because yeah. they're, I know they're going to be best of three, so they're going to be shorter nah, yeah. at the time difference, but mainly actually because the matchups, like early on in the tournament, I feel like the matchups are a lot more competitive. Like you're, mm-hmm. I'm quite unsure about who's going to win. And they're very, very exciting. Whereas on the men's, I think some of the earlier rounds, you just think, mm, I know who's going to win here. Um, I yeah. know who's going to get through. Uh, and, and you know, like we we obviously, like you'll know, you do a lot of the Djokovic streams. And, and like, it's great. Like, you get to watch when he plays really well. But he just runs through people most of the time. And it's like, yeah. this is carnage. And it's it's like watching Shriontek in the early rounds of slams. Like, she just gets through people in 20-minute sets. And you're like, okay. Um, some of our matches are over and under an hour which is just unbelievable so 
yeah, let's see. Let's. See. I'm. I'm looking forward to the rest of the of the year as well. I think the. I'm actually very much looking forward to the ATP and WTA finals. If we get those lineups, mm-hmm. they'll be good. If everyone can stay fit and healthy, fingers crossed, uh, would be good. And uh, yeah, I. I'm intrigued for the Labour Cup because the Labour Cup. What are your thoughts actually on the Labour Cup before we wrap up? Because the lineups are very weak. I think this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're always going to be because I mean. I think it's the the second what is it the second goatless Labor yeah. Cup, but then the one that was goatless had like Medvedev, Rublev, like it had like yeah no Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, but it, like the lineup was like Medvedev, top Rublev. ten. Yeah, Whereas yeah. now it's sort of yeah this is probably the weaker the weakest that Europe's looked. Yeah, but then I mean Team World looks they could look so much better too. I love that Shelton's in there. That was that was good. Where's like, Nicholas Jarry? Where's Nicholas Jarry? Well, that's yeah, that's crazy that he's not we, there. Well, what kind of? I don't know about you, but obviously you're not American. But I do feel like there's, there's this massive thing about let's just get as many Americans in there as possible. And I'm like, there are other yeah. countries in the rest of the world. Rest of the world is in America. Like Jarry's yeah. played really well this year. I think he'd mm-hmm. be great. Like he's got power. Then you've also got you know other players as well. And I think is it Sarundolo who's in there though from Argentina? I think. Yes. Yeah, Sarundolo is uh, yeah, the only other. Non yeah. North American player. I'm just kind of like, come on, guys, let's try and like let's actually reward people for having like a good season. Uh, and I feel like I wasn't the only one that was saying about Jerry as well because yeah, he's a dangerous player. Like he, he can play on all surfaces as well. But yeah, I don't know. Like I just uh, look at the team and I'm like, was it? Fr- I think it's like Fritz Tiafo, Ojeliasim. I think, and then I think the way it works as well is like the three top. They players qualify, from yeah. each qualify automatically, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that like you know that Jerry's not higher than FAA to get qualified, um, and then it's like captain's choice. But then you're like, well, Max choosing, so of course he's going to just choose his country. It would be so much more interesting next year when these, the, the, I think Borg and McEnroe are going to step down, and it would be Federer and I don't know Roddick or whoever it is. Uh, that might be a little bit more, especially. It would be really cool to see Roddick involved. Yeah, I feel like he would be more. He wouldn't just go. Well, you're American, and I know who you are. Because I mean, over, I think people, even well, I get comments all the time in my saying that, that McEnroe yeah. doesn't always know who's who. Yeah, he doesn't know that. Like I think that's, that's in, the issue. In fact, he, I think, he won't know who Jerry is. That, yeah, I, I think at Wimbledon, I don't know if it was him or someone else on one of the coverages. It was like they were like, "Who the hell is this Jerry guy?" And it's like, "It might be." Didn't him, you watch yeah. the clay season, or didn't you watch like? That's the issue, took right? Took Alcaraz in yeah. Rio to three. You These know, like, guys are like this... greats, but the problem is they don't watch all of the. Well, they watch all season yeah. for one. And two, they're not in the detail like we are. That's the thing I think. Yeah. And and they they, I think when they watch them, they've got better insight because obviously they played the game at a really high level. But they don't know. I think it wasn't even just um, it wasn't even just Macro as the BBC commentators. I think here in the UK, they were saying about Alcaraz, Jarry, and they were like they're talking about Jarry as if. They just never done any research on him in their lives. Like yeah, they've just... never seen him, and I was just yeah. like, "How can you be commentating on this and not have done anything beforehand to understand who this player is?" Like they're like, "Oh, he's pretty good." I'm like, "I'm like, what? Like he's not just some random player that's come out of nowhere." Like it's just crazy to think about. By the way, same. It was funny. The same thing happened four years ago when her catch stepped up in 2019. I remember watching matches then. Yeah, and I remember coming. I think it was like. Djokovic her catch like second round or something. And I was thinking, oh, this is 
this is going to be fun because I think her catch had just played Federer, the French or something. I, yeah. yeah. It was, and her catch had done well in Miami, I think, or, or Indian Wells. And I was like, this guy's got some shots. <clears throat> he comes into that and all the commentators on like on uh, Australian TV were like, yeah. oh, Djokovic going to win. You know, this guy, who the hell is this guy? And then he gets like, he gets a set and then gets Djokovic to a couple of tie breaks. And I'm like, well, this is actually interesting. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> if you see what he did like three months ago, you yeah. would have gone, well, yeah. He's, but they, I just don't think they, well, they, maybe they just don't have the time. I don't know. Or maybe they're. Yeah, the thing is, what uh, some of the broadcasters here, I know they they cover multiple sports, right? So they can't concentrate yeah. on, which is fine. But then I almost do think then for slams they shouldn't have them. Like the, for the slams, they need to have people who they're watching their tennis, that they know what's going on. The players like are coming us. through. We're here. Yeah, Hello? exactly. Like us. Yeah. How many times have I've I've tagged Amazon Prime? <laughs> I'm like, get me involved. <laughs> Honestly, seriously, I would love it. if they gave me one opportunity to do a match. I promise they would not regret it. I think, and even you as well, you'd be really good. Obviously, you know that. But was he the like they've got? So Gil Gross is over on Tennis Channel. Yeah, so he, he is. is. Yeah, and that's see, one of the smartest things Tennis Channel could have done because he, like, he he's a bit more uh, quote unquote professional than us. That's that's the thing though. He, well, he yeah, is yeah, like <laughs> that, that, that's the one thing. But but then I think it's fair to say that we would slightly adjust the way that we commentate we're not going to be going oh bloody hell like we're not going to be doing that like we yeah, still, yeah and stuff like that <laughs> like you know we'd be and also with with tv commentary you don't need to do as much because you don't need to do play-by-play necessarily so i think we yeah, could yeah. even do radio commentary first and they would see it from there so because that you can do play-by-play for, for radio but mm-hmm. yeah i think they're missing a trick like i it would be good to just get the chance i'm hoping one day they'll reply to my my twitter <laughs> um, my tag and i'll keep on doing it and see see where they uh they let me do one because like in the in the uk as well like the, on prime there's loads of matches that are covered and there's some matches where there's mm. not even commentators so i'm just oh, like wow, okay. just chuck me on one of those com- on one of those matches yeah, it's I'll the outside watch. courts yeah. right for like a 500 or a 250 the outside mm-hmm. courts like players that they don't really know about or maybe they don't think need commentary just chuck me yep. on there. Just chuck me on there, and like, why not? No one else is doing it, so yeah, it's true. not like I'm taking anyone's job doing it. So yeah, it'd be interesting, but yeah, I don't know. One day, one maybe day. one day, <laughs> one day they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but Labor Cup. I mean, there's. I'm looking at the list here. They could have chucked in Eubanks. You could put in, um, I mean, quarter. But then again, yeah. it's. I guess you're kind of stuck with FAA. If he wants to play, he can't say no. <laughs> See, after Fritz, I mean, they're the big known players, but I love that. at least Shelton's there. I think Shelton, I just hope they get him to play a lot. Like, I hope they chuck him in for like the city, a city pass match or put yeah. him up against, you know, one of those kind of like top three guys. I don't want him to play, I don't know who's outside, who the, who the bottom three guys are in that team, but like uh, Monfils. Like, I don't want to see him play Monfils. I want to see, give Shelton the big boys, you know, and, yeah. uh, and see like, because he's probably the best thing that is the best, the most exciting player in team world. Well, the only one I really, because I wasn't going to watch the Labor Cup. So I can't be, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll keep an eye on the scores, but I wasn't really bothered. And I'm like, oh, Shelton's there. Maybe I will watch it now. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really, well, get, we'll I couldn't really care about, Um, <laughs> I don't know what other, like a, like yeah. I don't know who's playing, but like, yeah, like I couldn't, I don't really want to watch Fritz take on, uh, rude, like uh, okay, you know, like Runa versus actually Eubanks is in there. I, I, he's an alternate, alternate, yeah. But I'd love to see Shelton take on Sidney Pass or or, or Runa. 
Yeah. That would be like, okay. Her catch is in there too, actually. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I like her catch. Oh, Tommy Paul's there too. Who did I think? Who, who did I say was in there? Yeah. But Tommy anyways, Paul. it'll be something. It won't be. It would be the worst one so far, but or the worst, like the least on paper, yeah, popular yeah. one to watch. Probably be the closest one they've ever had, but probably yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So I think they should replace Macron with Roddick, which is what you said. He'd bring more mm-hmm. energy to the team world. Yeah. Uh, yeah thank you, Defunk, sure. for the oh New Zealand. Oh, like that New Zealand too. <laughs> Jerry definitely has been neglected. Yeah. 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 How come the WTA version is not being covered by tennis channels? What's the WTA version of the Labour Cup? Do they have one? No. Is the Hotman Cup? No, Hotman Cup is mixed. Mixed. And that I don't think they have um, one, Lexi, to be honest. No, they don't have one. They should. I mean, just yeah. they should. There's way more interesting matches if you put the ladies in there. I've, I've, I think I've spoken about this a million times on my stream. It's just like... Why I don't mean, they just put... do a mixed tournament? Well, that'll be good fun. Yeah. Pagula, Jabur. Uh, or, yeah, Pagula, Jabur, Goff, Sabalenka, Rebecca, and Sviantek. I mean, yeah. there's two crazy yeah, teams yeah. with just those three split. They could do a mix and you just have one men's, one singles, one mixed doubles each day. Yep. Done. Or something like that. Um, yeah. Quite fun. But yeah, I don't know. Tennis Channel International with you and Cam would be good, says Dutchie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. be fun. Yeah, thank Cam for thinking of Corda for me, says uh, Lexi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Cam can sleep during the Labour Cup. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I was we'll actually see. on a good time, I think, because Vancouver is like my morning, so I'll probably wake up and have breakfast and it'll be on. So actually, I don't have to lose that much sleep over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Just sure. The matches are not, unless they, I don't know. Hopefully, they're good. Hopefully, they're good. <laughs> I am Team uh, World, so I have to support my team. What time? It, what? What? When is the Labour Cup actually? When is it? Is it in next October? weekend? I think in next uh, next weekend. Okay, twenty two. It's only three days, isn't it? Twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth. Well, the thing is, the last day because yeah. I remember watching it I think two years ago, and it was like, for, what is it? Like first to fourteen or fifteen points mm. and it was like 13-1 going to the final day <laughs> yeah so i was like it could be over in two days um but i mean i do like it as a concept Federer is gonna yeah. be there so that that's cool but yeah it's just gotta come on fed go and play something go and do something yeah, play dubs play dub- doubles play with, dubs. Uh, yeah, play dubs. jump in play there yeah. <laughs> exactly cool um thanks cam really appreciate nice. your time as always man uh let's uh we'll definitely catch up uh maybe some point later on in the year i'm gonna yeah lock you in for a end of year review and try and get some other people on as well like i normally yeah, yeah, do sounds good so let's see if we can all align our times as well which would be good yeah uh, but yeah no appreciate it and yeah have a good what's the time there what's the evening 6 30 pm exactly. so oh that's not too bad cool okay might watch some davis cup yeah the, the davis cup the Aussies are... bloody got lost. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the davis cup i was thinking oh maybe i'll do some streams for it but they don't really there's not a lot of info on what matches are happening when yeah so i struggle to like schedule like i struggle to like schedule when the streams are and stuff so i don't know I might it's all last minute like Djokovic is there yeah. but will he play yeah, I mean, yeah, I was the same. I'm, I'm kind of looking at it, going, uh, all over the place. It, like Djokovic might not play; he just might sit on the bench and play doubles if they need him. Yeah, I imagine play, so. so. But, yeah, nice, cool. Okay, 
thanks very much guys uh, make sure you hit the like button if you don't mind subscribe if you're new also jump over to cams i think everyone's subscribed there anyway but if you're not then uh, yeah do go and check that out as well and subscribe to his channel and we'll see you very very soon uh this is the end of our us open coverage so if you want more us open stuff then apologies but it's now thursday <laughs> so <laughs> i think i think we've done enough on that yeah, yeah moving <laughs> on. we're going to guadalajara exactly guadalajara exactly yeah <laughs> I can't wait. Cool. See you guys later. Thanks.